this fucking guy. Hello, my Cornish pasties. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care. If self-care is one long scream into the void. Ah! <laughs> it's like that. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and fuck asses that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I'm the last beacon of light in these dark times, Ren Martinez. And I'm as good as dead already, Ginger Golub. I'll miss you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ren. Yeah. You got anything to scream into the void before right, we let's, start? Let's hop right into it. So, a little bit, because, like, I mean, I read a lot of, like, am I the asshole and relationship oh, stuff yes, on do. Reddit. Um, and there's all sorts of ridiculous shit that happens. And then there was this relationship post that, like, this 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 girl's boyfriend is a psychopath. Like, oh, cool. is one? Like, it's not one of those Mm -hmm. things where it's like, he's a crazy ex-boyfriend kind of things. He, she found out through a friend of his, who I guess is the the savior of the story, that for the last couple weeks, he had been secretly feeding her snails. I'm sorry? Like, he had, like, he had, like, put fruit out in the garden and she had seen that as, like, she thought he was feeding field mice. But no, he was, like, capturing snails and then crushing them up and, like, blending them and putting them in her food. Like, cooking for her specifically so she'd eat these things. And, of course, the friend told her and she was like, what the fuck? And the dude's first response is, babe, can't you take a joke? Which, no. No? I cannot. But then, like, later updates reveal. So this guy admitted, like, she ended up going to the hospital because she literally was, she was legitimately ill. Like, legitimately ill from this. And, like, talk to the police because, yeah. Yeah. Um, and eventually she talked to Dude. And Dude essentially said, yeah, pretty much ever since we moved in together, I've been doing experiments. The first experiment was spitting on her toast. Just spitting on her toast. And then he would do experiments like, you know, scrubbing the toilet with her toothbrush. Mm. And things like that. Then he would do things like, she's a vegetarian, and he would switch out, like, her vegetarian stuff with meat. Mm. And, like, not tell her. Mm. Which is rad, I guess. And then, apparently, she has, like, exotic pets. He he fed her her pet snail. Aww. Like, she had some, I don't know, some snail. And, like, some African large snail. And she thought it had gotten out, because that happens, I guess... No, he literally took her pet and, like, put it in a curry, I think, and, like, Mm. fed fed her her pet. Oofa-doofa. What? That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I was just reading this, and I'm just like, it's Joe Goldberg from you. Uh, (laughs) Murder is on the horizon. Girl, not even Joe Joe Goldberg from you would never do that to you. Okay, he is classier than that. He's classier than that. He's a classy evil psychopath. But murder is still on the horizon. True. It's only a matter of time. So, yeah. Yeah. Our husbands are so much better than that. They are. My husband has never secretly fed me my pet. What a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I think it's time for some therapy. All right, Ginger. 
we are not talking about Mike Bloomberg this week. We aren't. <laughs> Which is a blessing. That is <laughs> such a relief. But, Ren, the world's got me down. Yeah. I had um, I had sort of planned on doing a disease or global pandemic this week. That would be a nice. Would histori- that be on topic? I think it maybe? would be a nice historical tie into coronavirus. Um, but I am living this hellscape, so I certainly don't want to go and research another one. No. Um, so I thought long and hard about what made me love this historical aspect of dead assholes, and part of it is that they are dead and can't hurt anyone anymore. But it is even more because you get to see the whole arc of their dickbaggery. Right. So I found out about this particular asshole from one of those VH1s. I love the 70s, like, listicle shows from the early 2000s. <laughs> okay. And it, and it lodged itself in my brain. For some reason, I don't remember that, but I remember, I love the 90s. Oh, yes. I was just, like, a really diehard, I love the fan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So Watch all the time. Yeah, so I watched all of them. Um... And uh, I really set my heart on covering this person after I found out about them as, you know, a wee middle schooler. Um, But it turns out, horror of horrors, that this particular asshole is not dead. What? They have yet to shuffle off the mortal coil? They have yet to shuffle off the mortal coil. So, Ren, I am kindly asking... If you will allow an exception to the rule of the dead asshole being dead. Well, as long as they're mostly dead. They are mostly dead. (laughs) (laughs) Then carry on. Excellent. In that case, and in honor of International Women's Day, which we are late for, and her 80th birthday, which we are slightly early for, may I present to you Anita Bryant. Sure. I brought up this name really abstractly to you around the time we did the Phyllis Schlafly episode, and you were like, I don't fucking know who that is. So I didn't expect much. I didn't expect much of a response. And I'm so excited you don't know who this (laughs) fucking woman is. Cool. Anita Jane Bryant was born in Oklahoma on March 25th, 1940. So we are coming up. uh, Her 80th birthday will be within a couple days of us releasing this. Her teen parents divorced really soon after she was born. Her father went into the army and her mother went to work, so little baby Anita went to live with her grandparents for a while. When Bryant was two years old, her grandfather taught her to sing, Jesus Loves Me. There is no part of that sentence that I like. Jesus loves me, yes I know. It's not even. (laughs) Who tells me so? That is how little kids sing. Um... Her family had her singing at country fairs and shit by the time she was six. Cool. So already going to ruin everything about her. Can you guess what happens next? She becomes a child star? It's our favorite element of a well-balanced childhood. Child abuse? Beauty pageant. Oh, okay. <laughs> also, to be like, with you, I'm expecting child molestation around any corner. <laughs> no, there's no child molestation in this episode. Um, blessedly. Uh, Anita Bryant became Miss Oklahoma in 1958 and was the second runner-up in the 1959 Miss America pageant at age 19. A year later, in 1960, Bryant married a dude named Bob Green, who was a Miami disc jockey. And Red, did you know that you could make a whole career out of red flags? (laughs) 
Because the phrase Miami disc jockey is really doing it for me right yeah, now. Yeah, it, it's certainly like something you would see in a titter pro- titter. A titter? Tinder, a Tinder profile and be like, oh no, swipe left. Um, yeah, Anita and Bob eventually had four kids. Just bookmark this knowledge for later. Got it. All right. So Anita Bryant's claim to fame was ostensibly that she was a singer. And she was pretty successful at it. Her songs, Paper Roses, In My Little Corner of the World, and Till There Was You, each sold over one million copies and went gold or whatever. I mean, those definitely sounds like songs that came out of the 70s. Yep. Um, I do feel like it's also a good illustration of her whole brand that her first album was just called Anita Bryant. It was released in 1959, and it was all Broadway tunes. Okay, you know what? I'm going to give her a point. That's a point for that. I love some Broadway tunes. You love some Broadway tunes. It's not as cool as whatever you're thinking because 1959. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't good yet. So, uh, Brian performed in, <laughs> I love this, Brian performed the National Anthem at Super Bowl three. Oh, she old as shit. She old as shit. I mean, <laughs> but also Super Bowl three was in 1969, which somehow doesn't seem nice. long enough ago. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Was it, has it not really been that long? Sure. Mm-hmm. American history, it feels like American history didn't start until 1941. I said 1969. No, no, no. But you know what I mean? Like, it feels like sometimes when we talk about... It's not that there weren't important stuff before that, but it's like when we talk about, like... Like, yeah, the NFL. Like, this tradition of... And it's like, yeah, 1969 was, like, year three. And we're like, really? I mean... Was it not longer ago? I mean, like, I understand uh, boomers being, like, very triggered by... uh, Already. By Shakira and uh, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, in their Super Bowl hash, halftime show, but we also do need to give them just the tiniest bit of grace because they went from Anita Bryant singing Battle Hymn of the Republic for the half... eyes have seen the glory <laughs> of the coming of the Lord. Um, God, that song sucks. <laughs> yeah. They went from that... That was the halftime show of Super Bowl six. <laughs> So our poor parents that are just like, I don't know, I'm just over. And then you got, don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. Mm. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. In 1961, (laughs) she joined Bob Hope as a member of his USO tours. Ah. And over the next 10 years, she visited the Caribbean, the Arctic, the the Pacific Rim, in the Far East, earning several awards for her dedication to the USO cause, including the concerningly named Al Jolson Gold Medal. She also fought Kaiju on the Pacific Rim. <laughs> the, the Al Jol... Who? Okay. He was the one in the jazz singer, so the sort of like blackface Oscar winning... Oh, uh, cool. Gold medal. Cool. I mean, I mean, like... The blackface gold medal. Like, there is nothing quite as, like, mid-century Republican boner as a Bob Hope USO tour. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's there's nothing particularly wrong with that. In 1969... Nice. nice. Bryant became a spokeswoman for the Florida Citrus Commission and nationally televised commercials featuring, featuring her singing 
Come to the Florida Sunshine Tree. In stating the commercial's tagline, Breakfast without orange juice is like a day without sunshine. I'm sure this is something my parents would remember, but I'm just like, sure, orange juice is great. Later, the slogan became, it isn't just for breakfast anymore. Ah, yeah, yep. That one I know. Both of these slogans at least make it look like Anita Bryan did not know how orange juice works. Uh, (laughs) Orange juice. You can imbibe it any hour of the day. Yeah, as with all foods and beverages, it's not, like, categorically restricted to one time of day. And I realize what they're going for, but it also makes me think, like, ham, it still exists after 4 (laughs) p.m. I... Cannot eat ham after 4 p.m. Because then I turn into a gremlin and I wreck your shit. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. I got to make some quick revisions to the dinner plans. (laughs) Um, According to, and I am not making this up, the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. Florida's such a weird place. It's such a fucking weird place. Bryant was involved with 86 television commercials, as well as numerous printed advertisements and appearances for the Florida citrus industry. Her efforts boosted sales of... (laughs) (laughs) And back to our regularly scheduled programming. back to our regularly scheduled programming. Her efforts boosted sales of Florida orange juice substantially from 1968 to 1980, and in 1988, she became the first woman, as well as the youngest individual, to be inducted into the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. What an honor. What an unbelievable honor. I did not check to see (laughs) anyone else who is in the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. I'm going to Google that as you continue. Yes, okay. No, because you have to pay attention. I am I am paying attention, but I do remember the last five minutes of our last episode where you were just staring off into the distance, and I was like, are you listening to any of this? And you're like, I can't. No, I was paying attention to it. I was also tweeting uh, live some of the, like, you, I cannot believe this Michael Bloomberg shit. So, Florida Citrus Hall of Fame. It was established in 1962 to honor distinguished leaders who've made significant contributions to the Florida citrus industry. Some of some of the inductees include people I don't know, a lot of people I don't know, more people I don't know, like, oh, there's Anita Bryant. Yeah, I don't know. I just assume it's a lot of orange scientists, mostly. <laughs> I'm an orange scientist. I'm an orange scientist. Like, going on the Florida Citrus Hall of Fame was a really surreal research huh. moment. There's a LaMarcus Edwards Sr. and Jr. Look at that! Oh, well, Father and son! What a weird fucking thing. I'm trying to see if there's any, like, modern people that Their I Their whole know. website was just, like, doing a dance of, like... Can we talk about her without the shit she got into? Mm. Yeah, there's literally no one on here that is worth a no, damn. No, and why would there be? Already, the Florida Citrus Hall of there's Fame. There's, like, three women, and, like, I think I've seen one person of color on this list of, like, a hundred people. I'm sorry, ma'am. I think we've established that there are two LaMarcuses. <laughs> Those were white people. Oh, they unexpected were. twist. <laughs> Who could have predicted that? A, a nice Florida, twist. A Florida citrus twist. 
Around this time, she also appeared in advertisements for Coca-Cola, Kraft Foods, Holiday Inn, and Tupperware. So, like, the widest mm-hmm. goods and services. Um, in the 1970s, Bryant was teamed up with the Disney character Orange Bird, with whom she appeared in several orange juice commercials. Mm. According to Wikipedia, she also sang the Orange Bird song. It narrated the Orange Bird record album. All right. We're going to take another break. I need to look up the Orange Bird song. I swear to God, I have never heard of this character in my life. Have you? But Disney's, I mean, Disney has done a lot of shit. Disney, Disney has done a lot of shit in the idea of a citrus spokesman orange okay, bird. Okay, so it's a it's a bird that has an orange for a head, and the the like the leaves are its wings. This sounds really disturbing. I mean, it looks like a bird. Turn it around. I mean, you can kind of see into the third one. Oh, okay, that's yeah. slightly less disturbing. So, okay. it, it's like Tweety Bird. Bob, I can get down on that. Give me some tequila sunrises mm, and I'll play the Orange Bird mm. song. Bryant was so successful that nasty former Florida governor Ruben Askew, great name, remarked, People connect orange juice, Florida, and Anita Bryant so much that it becomes difficult to decide which to visit, which to listen to, and which to squeeze. That sounds like something from the 1960s, 70s. 70s at this point. So, in 1977, Dade County, Florida, home of Miami, passed an ordinance sponsored by Bryant's former friend, Ruth Shack, that prohibited discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Okay, that sounds solid. great thing. Bryant... A conservative Christian Southern Baptist oh, no. didn't like this one bit. She later would say that she believed God had tapped her on the shoulder and given her direct marching orders to fight against gay rights. That wasn't God. I was about to say Phyllis. That's not God, Anita. That's, that's Satan. God. I wouldn't even say that's Satan. That's, not today, Satan. Dude, that's just your neighbor across the street, like, you know, doing repairs on his house so loudly that you're startled. And you're like, ha-ha, it's the gay that is wrong. <laughs> Bryant led a highly publicized campaign to repeal the ordinance as the leader of a coalition named Save Our Children. Oh, I, I have heard of... Save Our Children. The campaign was based on conservative Christian beliefs regarding the sinfulness of homosexuality and the perceived threat of homosexual recruitment of children and child molestation. And they were right. I have have recruited so many children into the homosexual agenda. (laughs) We have child soldiers everywhere. You don't know. Brian stated... (laughs) 
What these people really want, hidden behind obscure legal phrases, is the legal right to propose to our children that theirs is an acceptable way of life. I will lead such a crusade to stop it as this country has not seen before. Phyllis Schlafly would like to uh, disagree with you, but okay. Okay. Okay, Anita. In her 1978 book titled At Any Cost, Bryant explains that at the outset of her involvement in the controversy, quote, there wasn't even time to inform myself. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have time to think about what the fuck I was doing. I didn't even know what the shit I was talking about. (laughs) But I was going to say it. I was going to say it so loud and like you had never seen before. Never seen before. God Mm. tapped me on my shoulder, said, you don't know fuck at all about this subject. Go forth. Boy, howdy. (laughs) (laughs) The campaign marked the beginning of an organized opposition to gay rights that spread across the nation. Jerry Falwell, who I Mm. swear I will get to sooner or later, Mm. uh, went to Miami to help Bryant. Uh, She's widely credited with the repeal of anti-discrimination laws and maybe even more so Florida's decades-long ban on gay adoption. Thanks, Anita. You did great. Thanks. I hate it. So, because I know you always love these, are you ready for a collection of batshit stuff Anita Bryant said? Yes! Yes! Lay it into me. As a mother, I know that homosexuals cannot biologically reproduce children. Therefore, they must recruit our children. Well, you're wrong. And you're wrong. But also, she had to be a mother to know that? Well, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know anything. Remember, she's not informed. Not at all. (laughs) Well, you know, but... There is this, like, weird, and it's not just America, but I think it's very Western, but there's, there, there is this sort of, like, once you become a mother, like, it's not just that you know about children, it's like you've literally received all knowledge in the universe, where it's like, well, I'm a mother, I know things, and I'm like, look, motherhood's great, I really appreciate you, like, continue doing what you're doing, I guess, like, whatever suits you, but, like, that doesn't make you an astrophysicist. No. Shut the fuck up. Unless you're already an astrophysicist, in which case, good for you. Good for you. She wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Little orange bird. (laughs) Okay, okay. If gays are granted rights, next we'll have to give rights to prostitutes and to people who sleep with St. Bernard's and to nail biters. (laughs) (laughs) Just watching that math occur (laughs) on your face. It was like the first one, the second one, and I was like, okay, okay. And then the third one came out of fucking left field. Five seconds after I said it. I, like, I just stopped. Like, someone pressed pause on this VHS tape. I was like... <laughs> what? So, I mean, because the the, the, the... the I mean, the prostitute argument, like, sounds great. Let's give rights to sex yeah. workers. Let's, pr- let's protect their work. As far as the other two go, she went so far as to just enter the realm of self-parody. And I don't feel like we have to dignify it with a response. Especially given the next quote. I'm a nail-biter. Well, you don't have any rights yet. (laughs) 
the male homosexual eats sperm, the most concentrated form of blood, they are eating life. As vampires need to recruit donors to survive, so does the homosexual. <laughs> vampires are gay. <laughs> you heard it here. All vampires gay as shit. Ren, Ren, if I know one thing in this world, it is that vampires are gay as shit. <laughs> That is <laughs> so I spent so long last night trying to find this came from bizarrely a Playboy article she was interviewed for. I don't know. I don't know. But it came from a Playboy article she was interviewed for. I have tried everywhere to find transcriptions of that shit. I cannot find it. But some good and pure and beautiful human beings turned it into an off-Broadway show where they just adapted the apparently eight days that a Playboy uh, journalist followed her around and interviewed her for. We need to see this show. I know. I know. We need to see this show. Please donate to our Patreon so we can pay to go see the show. This also reminds me, it's really funny. So me and my husband sometimes engage in coitus. It happens sometimes. Hmm. And like, what's really, it's very funny because it makes me think about this and particularly because like, you know, like afterwards, like, I am like, okay, I am ready to play video games or maybe get some coffee, and he's just collapsed <laughs> in a pile on the floor, and I'm like, maybe you should do cardio. Maybe it is the most concentrated form of life. Well, he, he literally is like, you're like a succubus. You have just, I have lost five years of my life. <laughs> it's like that scene from the fucking Princess Bride. I have drained five years of your life. Away. Not to fifty. Not to fifty. So every time, every time I have sex with my husband, he does his lifespan decreases yep. by inches. Okay, just a, these are sort of like pseudo quotes. Notably, Bryant referred to gay people as human garbage. Bryant described homosexuality as a cancer on the soul of society. It is convinced that it was promoted, along with abortion and the Equal Rights Amendment, as part of a program of revolutionary women whose goal is to destroy the social structure on which America rests. And that is correct. Thank you. Thank you for Thank pointing you, that Anita. out. I mean, you pretty much laid it out very yeah. clearly and concisely. And um, that is my agenda. Yes. Yep. Yep. She ca- characterized the 1977 National Women's Year Convention held in Houston as being anti-male, anti-white, anti-family, anti-Christian, and anti-American from start to finish. That is also correct. Thank you for pointing that out. It sounds like something I wish I attended. (laughs) I am all for that. So, (laughs) thanks. (laughs) Interestingly, at one point, Brian did consider supporting the ERA, but her husband, noted Miami disc jockey, and, (laughs) and others convinced her that Quote, the Equal Rights Amendment was not God's will for the women of America. I know. Does God... I know. God doesn't care at all about the amendment process. (laughs) I think that's really fair to say. Yeah. You don't think he's fucking busy? To be invested in, like, I'm just a bill. Like, no. What the fuck? On June 7th, 1977, Bryant's campaign led to a repeal of the anti-discrimination ordinance by a margin of 69 to 31%. Nice. Nice. Not nice? But not nice. Not nice. 
However, the gays were understandably mad. The gays were the upset. The gays were upset. <laughs> and there is very little in this world that is quite as much of a force for good and justice as righteously indignant gays. <laughs> So the gay community retaliated against her by organizing a boycott of orange juice. Oh no, they're going to get mad. Capitalism doesn't give a shit about how much you hate people as long as they make money. Gay bars all over North America stopped serving screwdrivers and replaced them with the Anita Bryant cocktail, which was made with vodka and apple juice. Fuck yeah. Anita Bryant cocktails for every single episode of yeah. this fucking guy. Starting next week, I didn't have any apple juice. Otherwise, that would have been today also. Uh, I'm lazy. Uh, sales and proceeds went to gay rights activists to help fund their fight against Bryant and her campaign. Bryant led several more campaigns around the country to repeal local anti-discrimination ordinances. In 1978, her successes led to the Briggs Initiative in California, which would have made pro-gay statements regarding gay people or homosexuality by any public school employee cause for dismissal. She mm. was a proto-flaming. Mm. Yeah, I looked at it. It was like anything you say that, like, like if anybody sees you, like, kiss your significant other or say anything along the lines of being gay isn't bad, like, you could lose your job. And also, you couldn't get hired. You couldn't well, get hired. Yeah, that because, because they're trying to... Gay people are the same as fucking St. Bernard's and biting your nails, and you know those are things we don't want to yeah. teach our children. If there's mm. one subset of the population that has decent nails... Oh, yeah, no, that's absolutely true. 100%. Grassroots organizations banded together and were able to defeat the well, actually, initiative. Not lesbians. Maybe femmes. I didn't say they had to be long, I just said they had to be nice. Okay, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. Grassroots organizations banded together and were able to, de to defeat the really stupid Briggs Initiative. Even Ronald Reagan opposed it. So you know she was even more on the wrong side of history than usual. Well, at this point, he was also running California, though. And, like, he knew he wasn't going to get the folks in, like, Santa, you know, Santa Monica with his anti-gay shit. You know? He knew what who his constituents were. When he was running the country, he was like, ha-ha! gay people yeah so deep breaths are in because we are getting to the downfall which is always the best part. best part brian became one of the first people to be publicly pied as a political act i think i've seen that gif probably during a press conference in 1977 brian was struck by a pie by tom l higgins brian quipped at least it was a fruit pie because you know, gay. While covered in pie, she began to pray God to forgive the activist for his deviant lifestyle and then burst into tears. <laughs> uh, Brian's husband, noted Miami disc jockey, said that he would not retaliate, but then followed the protesters outside and threw a pie at them. And girl... I do not know why there were so many pies. Yeah, is it is it the same pie? <laughs> no. Did he take the pie off his wife's face and then follow people? She's like, hold on, honey. I'm not going to help you right now. But, like, I don't I also like how you don't say his name. You just say, noted Miami, yeah. just yucky. 
It's it's where I am right now. Uh, by this time, gay activists ensured that the boycott on Florida orange juice had become more prominent, and it was also by then supported by many celebrities, including Barbara Streisand, Bette hey, Midler, hey. Vincent Price, hey. John Waters, yeah. Billie Jean King, yeah. and Jane Fonda. Hell yeah. Here's a delightful bit of cattiness from Chicago columnist Mike Royko. Quote, if God dislikes gays so much, how come he picked Michelangelo, a known homosexual, to paint the Sistine Chapel ceiling while assigning Anita to go on TV and push orange juice? Where's the lie? Where is... But where is the lie? But Brian's political activism was hurting her brand. Unlike Phyllis Schlafly, she did not have political aspirations. Um, as stated in 1980, quote, why should I give up a lucrative life? Which, like, fair. I mean, that would be fair. Um, but I'm guessing this isn't going to go well for you, Anita. People Magazine noted, quote, She seems to be aiming at the hit parade again, too. After a long delay, she thinks she found a new recording company for her latest song, There's Nothing Like the Love Between a Woman and a Man. That's a little on the nose. It's a lot on the nose. Um, so, yeah, in 1980, this People Magazine article states that uh, as of the time the article was published, she was running a ministry in Miami. You know what? It's really funny that she was born in Oklahoma because she was born to be in Florida. Yeah. Like, pure Floridian. Mm. After launching her holy war on gays, Anita Bryant last year expanded her mission. Her rapidly growing Anita Bryant Ministries provided not only deprogramming and halfway houses for homosexuals, but also nonprofit family counseling clinics in the Miami area. Oh, here's the pillow. Here's the pillow, Ren. J just, just scream away. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. Uh, but also deprogramming. But also, <laughs> <laughs> but also nonprofit family counseling clinics in the Miami area. She planned to go nationwide with family help seminars titled "Designed for Successful Living." Okay, no, that sounds like some bullshit. Like how to flip a house seminar. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, she. I I couldn't figure out where to fit it in, so I didn't. But she just. She also wrote one book on like how to get your family physically fit. She was all over the place. How to get your family physically fit with the power of Christ? I don't fucking know. Um, <laughs> well, as a former Catholic, what you do is you stand up, you sit down, you stand, stand up, up, you, you sit, sit down, down, you kneel, you stand up, you sit down. Who knew Catholics <laughs> invented squats? <laughs> Beyond homosexuality, Bryant saw a deeper problem that all America must have assumed she could know only from a distance, quote, the deterioration of the family. But then Bryant filed for divorce from Bob Green, the noted Miami disc jockey, in oh, 1980, no. just a month short of their 20th anniversary. Oh, no. She oh, cripply... No. <laughs> <laughs> She cryptically alleged that Green was, quote, cooperating with certain hired members of the ministry staff who conspired to control me and use my name and reputation to build their own careers. Okay, that does sound like men. Yeah. She also cited emotional abuse and latent suicidal thoughts. And I am honestly not sure how latent suicidal thoughts were grounds for divorce, but okay, 1980s, you do you, girl. <sighs> I don't know. 
Just do cocaine about it. You'll be fine. The Miami disc jockey refused to accept the divorce, however, saying that his fundamentalist religious beliefs did not recognize civil divorce and that she was still his wife in God's eyes. God can go fuck himself if I have to remain married to a noted Miami disc jockey. Bob Green appealed to Anita to reconsider in an open letter released to the press, quote, Let us both put aside all other earthly considerations and reunite in Christian love. I'm sorry. He wrote a letter to his ex-wife and he published it in the newspaper? Yes. Wow. The thing that is always good and works. Well, bud. Mm. Yeah. It was all very, very cool and chill. So cool. So chill. Other Christian fundamentalists that weren't even married to her shunned Bryant after her divorce. Uh, because <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite sentence I wrote in the whole thing. It was very good. Um, because she was no longer invited to appear at their events, she lost a major source of income. The Florida Citrus Commission also allowed her contract to lapse after di- the divorce, stating that Bryant had worn out as a spokesperson. Woof. In the 1980 Ladies Home Journal article, she said, the church needs to wake up and find some way to cope with divorce and women's problems. I mean... She's not wrong, but also, ha ha ha, bitch. I mean, you're not wrong, and if you had supported the ERA, maybe there would be more recourse for you. You know? She also expressed some sympathy for feminist aspirations, giving her, given her own experiences of emotional abuse within her previous marriage. Bryant also commented on her anti-gay views and said, quote, I'm more inclined to say live and let live. Just don't flaunt it or try to legalize it. So do with that information okay, what you will. Okay. Yeah, it's okay if you're gay, as long as you don't act gay, look gay, be gay. Or try to have any rights. Or have any rights. Yeah. Bryant married her second husband, Charlie Hobson Dry, who, to the best of my knowledge, is not a DJ in 1990. (laughs) He was her childhood sweetheart and used to work for NASA. That is neither good nor bad, just facts for you. Um, The couple tried to reestablish her music career in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, where they opened Anita Bryant's Music Mansion, featuring the show Anita with Love, which sounds so (laughs) awful. That's okay. Okay, that sounds like some fucking Disney country bears on acid shit. Girl, the show was partly her doing old standards, but then with a, quote, lengthy segment in which she preached her Christian beliefs. Well, I'm, I'm sure that all three people who attended really appreciate it. And I mean three people ever. Ever who you attended. don't know how right you are. Uh, the venue was not successful. What? It- in the music mansion, which had missed meeting payrolls at times, filed for bankruptcy in 2001, with Bryant and Dry leaving behind a series of unpaid employees and creditors. Um, so I found a really juicy article on this, so I'm going to quote from the 2002 article by the St. Petersburg Times linked in the show notes. Many of the 60 or so Music Mansion employees had cars repossessed or were evicted from their apartments. The general manager, a retired Army helicopter pilot who served in Operation Desert Storm, lost his good credit rating after unpaid vendors pursued him in court because he signed for deliveries. 
The theater's troubles do not appear to have had the same effect on Bryant and Dry, her second husband. The couple leases a $350,000 home tucked into a mountainside in the Smokies, where a local real estate agent reports they are paying rent on time. The two-level home sits on a picturesque lake inside a gated community. Quote, they were always telling us God's going to come through, an employee said of the couple. They would attach his name to everything, and if we didn't believe them, we didn't have faith. It didn't have anything to do with God. We knew their track record. There is a special place mm. in the hell I don't believe in for people who fucking exploit their workers and say, Don't worry. God will provide. Yep. I'm going to eat you first. Anita Bryant <laughs> in this pandemic in which we're all going to be like in these tribal communities just attacking other people to survive. I will go down to wherever the fuck you live. I assume it's still Pigeon Forge and eat you alive. <laughs> Brian spent part of the 90s in Branson, Missouri, where the state and federal government went after her, claiming more than $116,000 in unpaid I'm taxes. I'm eating you first. Eating you first. <laughs> uh, Brian and her non-DJ husband had also filed for bankruptcy in Arkansas in 1997 after piling up almost $200,000 in bills and taxes from yet another failed Anita Bryant show. <sighs> The last, it seems, anyone really heard of Anita Bryant was in 2016 when she was reportedly working with a gay screenwriter on an HBO series based on her life. I found this out from a Huffington Post article titled, Anita Bryant Wants a Gay Best Friend. And that gay screenwriter is going to create a movie Based on my personal quest to eat Anita Bryant. <laughs> Just find and consume Just her, like, scrawny, atrophied ass. <laughs> the good news is, in 1998, Dade County, Florida, did a big old mea culpa and denounced Bryant and reauthorized an anti-discrimination ordinance protecting individuals from discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation by a vote of 7 to 6, which is still not enough, but it passed. Um, well, I mean, half of Florida is gay, so... It's true, and the other half's old as fuck. <laughs> uh, and the ban on gay adoption in Florida was declared unconstitutional in 2008. Yay! So, let's go to the self-care plan. Other than just finding, hunting down, and consuming <laughs> the 80-year-old hide of She's Anita Bryant. I'm not even going to tell her why. No. No. She knows what she did. <laughs> I'm just going to go there, axe in hand, and just be like, that little orange bird. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, and non-binary folks, if we are off the air next week, <laughs> it is because Ren is in jail and I have no, not figured out. No, this is considered out. a comedy podcast. <laughs> mm, mm. Satire, satire, satire. Self-care tips, mm -hmm. coronavirus edition. Are yeah, you ready? I'm ready. Drink orange juice and other foods with vitamin C for a little immune system boost. They're no longer paying Anita Bryant's salary, so you're good. Yay! Make sure you're getting your information from actual reliable sources rather than... Facebook memes? Well, rather than from those whose credentials are that they were tapped on the shoulder by God, because that doesn't make you qualify for anything. <laughs> 
And please, for the love of God, eat Anita Bryant. Eat Anita Bryant (laughs) and then take breaks from the news because that will make you crazy. It's bad. Take a break from the news Take and society to break. hunt down to Anita hunt down Bryant. and eat Anita Bryant. <laughs> We're gonna get sued over this the one fucking time. <sighs> <laughs> all right. That's going to be all for us this week, folks. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, as well you fucking should. You should check us out on our website, thisfnguypod.com, our brand spank new Facebook, which is also, well, it's actually this fucking guy, you have to spell it out, because Facebook's really fucking weird about asterisks, but the point is, it's this fucking guy pod, and then our Twitter is also this fucking guy, this fn guy pod. Or donate to our Patreon, because we're poor. We're still poor, did you know that? Yep, at www.patreon.com slash this. FN Guy Pod. That might shock you. That might shock you. As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I'm Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. And don't be this fucking guy or I'll eat you. Peace. This fucking guy.